0: Hello everybody welcome and thank you for joining Bob and I today along with our special guest Susan Stone on UDTV. Our commitment is to journey with you and ask questions and seek the truth about how as people living with diabetes we can transform our lives from common to uncommon. Today is a candid and personal discussion with Bob and Susan about how we can easily plan shop and prepare delicious and healthy food and beverages that will impact our life's energy, health, and performance. Quickly, before we get started, I need to remind you that the content we discuss on UDTV is provided for information and education purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for medical, psychological, or any other professional advice. So remember to check with your doctor and healthcare professionals before you make any changes to your routines. Well, I can say from my personal experience, the diet I choose is a critical factor in my life. It's what provides all the nutrients or fuel to my cells. My cells' health is what ensures the quality of my life and tells my body how to perform, repair, and grow. It impacts my energy, my weight, my strength, and even mental focus and health by fueling my body's 30 billion plus cells. The question I ask myself about my diet is, am I going to give my body common or uncommon fuel? The next question that follows this is, how will I do it? Well, the truth is, in my life of living with diabetes, I know how important it is to have support, physically, mentally, and emotionally. I know from life experience that there is nobody that's self made. And I felt that it was important to discuss how, I meal plan, shop, and prepare the uncommon fuel I eat. Well, to do that, I need to introduce my partner, wife, Susan Stone to you. Susan's my amazing personal life supporter and a key member of our UDTV team. She's running the UDTV program from behind the scenes on every episode. Susan's our production editor, and today I want her to join us in front of the camera because Susan is impacted by diabetes. She is the reason I am able to eat the uncommon fuel I choose to every day. We all need support on our journey, and she is amazing at providing this for me. A lot of my success is related to her skill at planning, shopping, and meal preparation. Today, I want to share some of the routines we have in our life and how she empowers me with the fuel that has enabled me to live an uncommon diabetic life. Good afternoon, Bob. And Susan, so let's dive into our uncommon fuel routines, meal planning, shopping, and ultimately meal prep.
1: Hi, everyone. It is such an honor and privilege to be in front of the camera instead of behind the camera and share with you some of the struggles, the challenges that I face on an everyday basis with my type 1 diabetic husband and uh, this should be really fun and interesting. And I hope I can share some simple um, procedures that may help you. So thank well, you.
2: Well, Susan, I can. I'm. I would like to provide testimony that I've eaten your food, and it's fantastic. You're really thoughtful. You're you uh, plan it in advance. You're very intentional in what you uh, provide, and it tastes great.
1: Thanks, Bob. Thank you.
2: Well, guys, you know. I can attest to it as well. I
0: definitely do not lack healthy or delicious food. And there's no reason why we as diabetics can't eat healthy food that tastes delicious. I know that a lot of those beliefs that we have in life is that if it's, you know, doesn't taste great uh, in a way that is full of sugar and or fat or other things, that it can't actually taste good. What do you guys think on that point?
1: Well, for me start very simply, um, is to understand how a diabetic works and what that looks like in their diet, Um, what spikes their sugars, what lowers it, how to manage and balance it throughout the day. Um, And what I do is I research and I find the information and I apply that in my meals. So what I found was carbs um, tend to spike his insulin so high that um, it was very difficult to manage and I saw the side effects. So my mission and and out of love is um, when I create meals for him, I'm organized and I, I plan those meals and I'm very conscious about what sort of carb intake I um, decide to put into my meal, whether it's a simple carb or a complex carb. That's awesome. Susan-
2: Susan, if you don't mind, that's based on the just simple fact that everybody's original, everybody's unique, right? So Heath needs, uh, he can take some good advice that you've done in research, but basically, you know him, he knows his own body. You try things out, but what works for him might not necessarily work for somebody else. Is that true?
1: Very true. Yes, I believe so.
2: Well,
0: everything you just said is 100% true as a diabetic and being involved with many diabetics, whether it's a pre-diabetic, a type 2 diabetic, or a type 1 diabetic, we're all living with the same condition and it impacts us all uniquely. And I think maybe where we could start this deep dive into our uncommon fuel and how we're going to fuel our bodies is routines, because what we do in our everyday life affects what we need for fuel. Etc. So, how about we just talk a little bit about morning, noon, and night routines? And then that's going to lead us into the whole uh, planning, shopping, and preparation of the food. Mm-hmm. So, Bob, someone that's actually been through a journey uh, yourself uh, of uh, being a businessman, working and, and, and not you know, always eating exactly as you would desire to, or us as good friends, our hikes and different things we're doing. How do routines in your mind affect? Just us as humans, forget about just being a diabetic, but how do the routines impact our need for fuel?
2: Um, he, for me, it's about the plan. So what's going to happen today? What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen the next day? So I like to try to plan a week in advance. This, this includes, would include the activities that I'm going to be doing. So I need to know in advance what I'm going to be doing activity wise. Uh, ball, ballpark at least. And that, and based on that, I'll do my shopping. I'll do my meal planning and my shopping based on those things. So, um, uh, based on whether I'm having a high, you know, if I'm going to be sitting all day versus uh, really active during the day, my uh, meal planning will uh, will change, and my routines may change too. So, uh, I'd like to be active seven days a week, at least for uh, for uh, at least an hour a day. So that's part of the routine. So I know that at least for an hour a day, I'm going to be doing some activity that gets me up off my um, off my seat, right? Um, and most days I'll do something quite active. So at least four or five days a week, I'll do something to bring my heart rate up to 140, 150, 160 um, for 20 minutes to ha- to half an hour.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: that's Excellent. what I that's that's part of my routines too. Those numbers are important to me because it keeps me in shape it keeps me able to manage my weight uh, better. Um, And uh, yeah, those are kind of the fundamentals for the fuel in my head.
0: Right. Well, I think what you've said is really important. And, you know, Susan, we live a really active life, Um, you know, my routines and what I'm doing. So what are your thoughts on routines? And how does that equate back to the fuel and what we do in our in our prep of that. So you knew my morning routines. and Maybe let's just share a little bit, if you could, just about the routines that you see me doing, what you're doing, <clears throat> excuse me, with exercise. Mm-hmm. And then how does that lead right into our planning out the week, mm-hmm. as Bob said, because it's so
2: true.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I agree, planning the week is essential. Uh, so with Heath, I noticed that he does a lot of workouts. Uh, he does walking active, very active. Um, so I, I tend to know his schedule and when he does perform and has a intense workout, I make sure I give him something with carbs, um, whether it's um rice cakes or toast or, or bread or um but lots of high protein. So for breakfast. It would be a nice hearty scrambled eggs or poached eggs or my Susie special I would call it and and I would just pile in the vegetables and just make something very hearty so he can just have that energy and fuel so when he does work out he can do a good workout um, and then um, and then he monitors it throughout the day if he needs to he would have a banana or something else uh, to, to to adjust um, and then when it comes to noon. I would do more of a um, lower carb, so um, more protein and high fiber and vegetables, lots of greens. So for me, I love soup um, and uh, or salads. So this is kind of the typical lunch thing. Uh, Dinner uh, for us is um, definitely, again, protein with lots of vegetables. And I do that because Mr. Stone here likes to have his snacks at night. And, and it's just who he is and what he likes to do and the reasons why he does it. And, and I don't want to deprive him from that. So what I do is I reduce the simple carbs at dinner time, so he could have those carbs just before bed, and he's able to burn it off and, um, and adjust because he, he knows how to do that with his technology, right? Um, so what I find that seems to be working, and it's a nice routine. And in order for me to do that is I plan my week, I prep, I do the meal prepping. And, and there, actually, to add to that, um, he doesn't cook, he doesn't think about food, it's it's me that's thinking about the food. So if I have everything in the fridge organized, so I prep the chicken, I have the salad, I have the vegetables all cut up, I have all these things. And it only takes like a couple hours, one day a week to do this. And I fill my fridge and everything is there ready for him. So he doesn't even have to think and if he's hungry, his sugars are low, he won't just go into the cupboard and grab up chocolate bar or something that's high sugar, banana, he'll go for the protein, he'll go for the, the green, something that's, or the hummus, um, which is actually really good, hummus and um, uh, carrot sticks or celery sticks, something like that to, to help him. Um, takes the thinking out of out of it for him. So,
0: so as Susan said, um, I am supported really highly, Bob, and you've observed it in my life as you're involved all the time. What um, we are doing with my routines because it is very active and I've, and I'm working and you as well. We're, we're both very active guys. That saying of mine or ours that Abe Lincoln, that we like of Abe Lincoln's, you know, that chance favors a prepared mind, right? Look at that. I'm actually starting to take credit for it. I love it. so much. (laughs) But uh, you know, I can't believe how important it is in this and knowing what we're going to do as diabetics in our day is a critical success factor. And the timing of what we eat is also a critical success factor with our insulin, with our medication, with our exercise, whatever is going to impact us. And those blood sugar levels is what we have to monitor. So as Susan was explaining for me, I do um, try to limit the amount of carbs, especially the, uh, the simple carbs, right? Because of the insulin reaction and the, the high spiking in the sugars, but it's okay to eat those things based on the timing. So when I'm heading to a gym and I know that I need to go in, I'm going to do a HIIT training, which is high intensity. It's a really important thing to make sure that my blood sugar is at the right point and that, you know, I have those uh, sugars going in. And that's when you eat those, uh, what I call them cheats or treats, you know, which are more high carb. What are your thoughts? Do you have the same impact when you're going to work? Do you try that uh, work out and have a busy uh, schedule of meetings at work? Do you try to set it up for success with uh, uh, pre meals or whatever?
2: It's um, for me and you know this better than I actually is pre meals and or post meal, right? Yes. So it's, it's, it's before and or after. Yeah. So I think knowing what you're going to eat before uh, a light workout is essential a medium workout and a heavy workout. So I would put it in those three broad categories. If you're going to have a heavy workout, you might have something uh, that's more than a light workout. As an example, depending on what your blood sugar is at. And also post. It's like, how how are you feeling? What's your, what's your measurement like after you eat as well? The other thing that I would add to that, my friend, is the hydration. Yes. Like, what's your hydration? So how much are you going to drink in the morning? Let's say if I'm going to work at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. What are you going to drink in the morning? Right away, uh, by by uh, lunch. Right away, and then uh, one o'clock, two o'clock, right? So you're ready, and then after as well. So you know, sounds weird, but you know, that's you no know, having one of these around. That's part of the routines, right? Having one of these around and knowing when you're going to drink this, when you have to drink it. Like right now, this is my second one today, as an example. And look at it; I, I'm halfway through that. And we're at uh, twelve thirteen, right? So I'm behind. I'm behind my hydration. That's
0: right.
2: <laughs> so that's a, a quick measurement of like, if I work out today and I do, I've got a medium workout plan today. I've got to get at least this down and another one of these down before I go. So I think that's important. And the last thing I would suggest is people don't understand the power of breathing. So um okay you understand the power of breathing you don't do. <laughs> but there's something about like we are we're trained we're trained we are we have a bad routine bad habit of breathing very shallowly. We don't take our full lung capacity. So this is so important. So when my watch says stand oops sorry, I don't have my watch on. What's going on? <laughs> when I watch says stand um I stand, but I also breathe deeply, right? right? Before I work out, I'm going to be breathing deeply like a 30, 40 deep breaths, just deep intentional breaths as I move, uh, sit, meditate, whatever it is. So that's a really interesting, it's amazing how much more energy you have by doing that during your workouts.
0: Hundred percent. So let's just quickly, uh, go through some basic routines that we're talking about. We've all kind of covered off, you know, the fact of being active is really important with this discussion, but let's just focus on morning routines and then, uh, then we'll go quickly to uh, noon time and uh, afternoon routines. Cause you've s- sort of hit on a few of them. I'd like Susan to share, you know, what's your morning routine and what you're doing. And then how does that link to hydration and nutrition? What are you doing that way in the morning as a, a female and
1: mm-hmm. so my morning routine is um, I get up at a decent time, not as early as this one, but I get up and I start my day with a nice warm, uh, not hot, but lemon tea so just a little drop of lemon, maybe half a lemon and water. And I start that off. And then I give myself time to just digest that and just wake myself up by doing some rebounding on my trampoline. And, um, and I do about 15 minutes of that. And it gets me going. And then I get myself ready for the day. And I then grab myself. So Sometimes not all the time I do my celery juice. So right after my workout, I do I drink a 16 ounce. So a full cup of fresh celery juice, it helps. It just it just I just love how I feel afterwards. And um, I try to do that as much as I can. But then after that, i wait an hour and then I have my cup of coffee. And I have a bit of cream with that. And that's it. And then my first meal is not until noon. And there's a whole story behind that, but I like that because um, I'm doing uh, intermittent fasting, and I find myself my body uh, repairs, and it just gives me more energy when I when I um, when I follow that routine in the morning. That's a, that's I feel a- I feel in control of what I put into my body throughout the day. So I follow a I follow a a, a kind of a. A diet, not a diet, but a lifestyle of eating healthy and properly and the timing of it, it helps me manage my weight and stay healthy.
0: That's really well said. So intermittent fasting is a way of setting up a lifestyle. It's a routine. And as Susan said, you know, eight o'clock at night, she basically stops eating. She wakes up, has some lemon tea goes through her routine of fitness, and will go all the way till usually around noon or so before she'll eat her first meal. And that's one choice. And that's something that even as a diabetic, we can do these things. Mm -hmm. We have to be more uh, alert at where our blood sugar is and um, how our fat burns and uh, when we're in uh, low carbs or low sugar environments, and managing that with regular testing we can do it. And I've learned how to do intermittent fasting up to 18 hours. But the truth is, that's just one morning routine. I'm as a, as a diabetic, type one, and I base my schedule, or I say my eating, and the planning for my meals in my day around my activity. Because I can't be intermittent fasting if I'm going to be out on the golf course uh, before, or if I'm going to the gym, or doing something very strenuous. That doesn't work. If I'm going to be sedentary and my schedule is being in the office, then I'm able to choose that option because I have the ability to manage my sugars a little more closely and things like that as I'm doing it. So I think those types of options, people just know that you can do them. We're all capable. It's just what routines we put in
2: place. Bob, how about you morning routine? There's a lot like Susan's actually, except for the uh, celery juice. So um, um, I would say, like today is fairly typical. I I don't I'm a bit more flexible. I think I don't have quite a a structured routine, but I am on the intermittent fasting. So it's twelve today. I still haven't eaten. Um, I feel great. I feel uh, I feel mentally alert. I feel strong. I don't feel I don't feel like I need food yet, Uh, but I have had a black cup of coffee, and I have had um, my uh, uh, my water uh, today, but I'm feeling really good right now. So I will, because before, uh, before I go for my workout, I will have a combination of carbs and proteins and some vegetables, uh, but a light, a light meal. And then I will have a post meal when I come back from my mid from my workout. And then I'll start to prep for, uh, for, uh, supper after that. Is that helpful?
0: Very helpful. Very helpful. So we've done morning. Uh, I think one of the things I just wanted to talk about on the nutrition side and coffee. So I love coffee, especially as a diabetic. It's one of those things that technically is a freebie we can drink. I drink mine black, so they don't have to count for, and I like it. But the real truth is, is that coffee does impact our insulin in all of us. Mm -hmm. So I do take insulin, uh, and you need to look into that for yourself. But I do take a small bolus when I drink coffee because I find for me that it will uh, have an impact on my sugars. Now with noon and uh, midday type uh, routines, what do we do around um, lunch? So if we, as a, a in our day, happen to not be eating till noon, what are the types of f- uh, fuel that you have, uh, that we have basically really come to believe in you know with the proteins and the vegetables those complex carbs versus uh, breads and uh, pastas and things like that can you sort of share a little bit about what we're doing there and then this is going to lead to evening and then into our actual how do we actually go about mm-hmm. dealing with our our fuel and shopping etc
1: mm-hmm. so this one was a no-brainer for me this man loves eggs it's a superfood <laughs> and and it was no question I could prepare eggs any style he he would he would like uh, so that's the majority so about four eggs um, omelet style scrambled eggs poached boiled um, usually with just um, lots of um, vegetables um, uh, onions I put onions I put peppers sometimes and bacon and avocado there's there the big one love and it's love. a Staple. So eggs and avocado and whatever else that goes with it is a bonus. (laughs) So, um, and so that's what, yeah, we, we tend to eat. Um, and, 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 and there's the time where I do a keto of a piece of toast, right? So just keeping
0: the carbs down is what we're trying to do. Protein higher and, uh, carbs down because it just, the protein goes into the bloodstream over a longer period of time, which it makes it much easier for us as diabetics to manage it. If you're taking in a regular piece of bread, for example, versus a rice cake, you're talking about round number 16 grams of carbs for a slice of bread, right? Up or down based on which type you like, but a rice cake is six if it's plain without any flavoring on it. So it's a very simple uh, way to still enjoy the carbs and the peanut butter and the other things you can put with it. But that's a, that's a factor. How about you, Bob?
2: What's the, what's the specific noon, question?
0: The noonday routine that you do to set you up being, is that your bigger meal of the day at noon?
2: No, it's not. The biggest meal is supper for sure. But so I'm, I'm just going to eat depending on how much activity I have. So if I, if I have a light workout, I eat light. Could be a sandwich, right? Um, and if it's uh, half, it could be a half a sandwich sometimes. Um, with some almonds, uh, some nuts, um, a piece of fruit, perhaps. Um, but a heavier workout might demand now a heavier workout I'll eat earlier in the day so I wouldn't wait till 12. I'd probably eat 11 in the morning or so a couple hours before I actually worked out. And um, that could that would be a wide variety of stuff. A lot of the time what I'm doing is I'm eating leftovers from yesterday's supper, right? Mm-hmm. So that's planning leftovers in is is, is an important part of my routine is like when do we when do we finish eating of you know, the food? Uh, that we've prepared the night before. That's been, yeah, that this remained for sure.
1: That's a good key. I love doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's, that's it
1: is a big part
0: of our our routine and our planning. And We're going to get into that here shortly. I think one of the things, Bob, that you just said that is just pretty important. And we've talked about it, and is that our North American lifestyle is such where the meals get larger as the day goes on. Mm-hmm. When the real truth for health and the science has shown. It should be the exact opposite. We should be eating the larger meals while we are using and burning uh, energy with our bodies and less large as we go. Now, I'm not saying change your routine. It's cultural, right? What And why this is. But the real science is, is that if you're active and we're burning and we're eating a bigger lunch, it's actually better for your sugar management as a diabetic because you're using those carbs because everything gets turned. Into glucose, which is then the fuel that our body's burning unless Mm -hmm. you're burning fat, which is ketones. Um, but the fact is, is that that's something to consider for all of us. And I don't always do it because it's so cultural in what we do, but I have changed, uh, my routine a lot where we are eating much more vegetables at night, even though the size or volume when we're eating and we're entertaining would be that that I'm eating far more salad and I'm eating a protein, whether it be chicken, fish, or uh, beef, it doesn't matter, pork. But the point is try to get that protein up because it's going to help you over the nighttime with your sugar balances as well. So again, I'm speaking to all of us as diabetics. These are little tricks that we can do. And it's making sure that we're not loading up on those mashed potatoes and baked potatoes and rice because those are, unfortunately, if eaten at night, going to cause huge spikes and unfortunately end up being stored, uh, not in the form of usually muscle. <laughs> mm.
2: <laughs>
0: so maybe I'm going to segue uh, just in as we're hitting close to the halfway point of our show here, the into the actual fuel and the uncommon fuel that we want to choose to fuel our body. And Susan has already alluded to the fact that she does. OK, I'll admit almost all of the preparation (laughs) and and the and the taking care of me on that end i am a really good eater i'm not the world's best cook in the world but i definitely know how to clean so we contribute and we have a great uh, system in our home on how things work but let's talk now about that planning for the week that meal planning routine because this is all really about routines everything we're talking about from the meal planning we're going to dig into our um actual shopping and the routines of doing that and and some suggestions on how we actually do the shopping and where Mm -hmm. we should shop and then lastly into how do we actually take all that food we have bought and prepare it so that it's easy and functional for us to really get what we need when we need
1: so let's
0: talk about how do we plan susan our life
1: all right first of all i look at my week and i find um if we have company over, if I'm making a bigger meal one day and what my meals look like, and it is just us for the week, that's my week. So if we do have, a, if I'm entertaining, then I put that in consideration. And then I decide on what sort of meal does that look like. So when I decide on that, I make my grocery list. And I go and I go to my my grocery stores. And I personally don't like going to one grocery store. I like my butcher. I like my vegetable market. I love my um, little separate little markets that I get my specialty items. And it's a good quality too that I, I, I tend to do It's some um, mostly organic. Um, and um, just a, a good source of uh, protein. Um, and that's what I, I like to fuel our bodies with good quality stuff. So um, I then um, execute on that and uh, get my groceries. And then I just, when I put it away, I don't just put away everything. I actually start creating my my prepping for the week. So if it's just us two, and if I'm not here, then I, I usually get the chicken and I bake the chicken off and then I put them in containers. Um, I do a nice medley of vegetables with kale and, and um, yams or or carrots or um, uh, Brussels sprouts and just an onion and just kind of roast that and put that in a container, I'll boil up a whole bunch of eggs and Put that in the fridge um, and I make sure the fridge is uh, supplied and salad, pre-packaged salad. So if I'm not around and we're not able to do a lunch or something, he could just pull out the chicken, warm it up, put a few little side vegetables in and compile a really nice lunch uh, because it's all ready. And it only takes uh, less than like two for me, two hours because I'm experienced, yes, at it, and I'm quick at it. But it's um it's practice too, right? The more I do it, the quicker I I um I get. Uh, however, but I feel it the, the most important thing is the being organized and having those uh, healthy snacks available at hand. Um, and so, then yeah, yeah,
0: I think that's uh, really well said. Um, so on the planning for the week, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the at the whole. Well, just to wrap up our mm-hmm. whole. Uh, Meal planning segment. Mm-hmm. Do you actually create a shopping list mm-hmm. based on a set menu for the week? Yes. Yes. So, and then and, and obviously with our friends and all the other entertaining mm-hmm. or whatever we're doing, that's scheduled. So, Bob, shopping wise, you do the majority of cooking in your home and yeah. what you're doing, right? You are the, the, the Susie Q of the Embry household and you're an amazing cook. Um, and are passionate about it. How do you do your shopping and, and prep? Do you follow like Susan's way with multiple stores? or what's your way of, of creating your list and getting your shopping done?
2: Well first, I want to thank Susan for making me feel real bad about my inadequacy. <laughs> Thanks, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay, you've alienated 95% of all people who ever cook. Okay, You're so <laughs> nice. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, I'm not not even quarter uh, what Susan is in terms of prep, et cetera, et cetera. I'm a kind of a local guy, so I've got two things in my three things in my mind is I want to eat well, right? Which means proper lower carbs, lower carbs, and and proper balance of proteins and vegetables. So that's in my head. So I've got I've got my neighborhood stores. There's six in my area. I haven't really thought about them as being strategic. They just, most of the time, which one's closest? <laughs> Easy is good. That seems That's to be right. the trends. That's right. And then I'm, then I'm looking for, uh, because I'm i I'm an old guy and I've been eating for a lot of years. I'm always looking for interesting tastes on the palate. So this week in my house, it's a uh, Korean night, Korean nights. So I've got five days of Korean, um, meals planned. And nice. so what happened? So what happened was I was thinking about it, and then I bounced it off one of the family members, and and um, I'm I'm going to pronounce this br- brutally. My my uh, my apologies to all the Korean listeners and viewers. It's a bi, 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 mit pap, which is um, one of those popular dishes in um, in Korea. It's basically rice. It's a it's a mixed rice bowl with vegetables right? nice. Uh, with about six or seven major ingredients. So that's kind of the, now what I'll do is instead of the rice is I will combine that with cauliflower. So yes. chopped up cauliflower. So what I've got then through the week is, um, you know, adding, uh, yeah. So that's what I'll do is to lower the carbs. I'll either eliminate the carbs and just do cauliflower or I'll do half and half depending on how many carbs we want. And I, you can also do that with noodles too. But I always use gluten-free noodles because of uh, uh, allergies in my household.
1: Sure, Shirataki noodles are really good.
2: Very, yes. We use that yeah, as well. Noodles. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So so for me, it's like a menu item. And, and Asian foods, as you well know, are very uh, delicious. and But they're also quite nutritious, too. And so this is just a, a, a beep-bip-bap. Beep, yeah. That's how I pronounce it. But it's totally incorrect. <laughs> is um. <laughs> it's basically green vet three green vegetables and then some color with uh with um uh, carrots and um, uh, peppers and eggplant so so three green vegetables and then three other eggplants and then I'll have protein on this side
1: excellent wow sounds yummy.
2: that is really good
0: so with that all being said the truth is, is there's no right or wrong way in prepping for your week but the truth is is that planning mm-hmm is really critical one for getting it all done efficiently because time we're all so busy in what we're doing so if you can consolidate it down creating a list and do that and even use apps to help you with your recipes and your plans like an easier chef who we partner with to um, you know just an old-fashioned pen and pencil you know or paper on paper but make that list go shopping with a clear plan and it'll be very effective and very efficient So that leads now into the actual shopping experience that I want to talk a little bit about. Stores are set up very strategically. And I don't, I just am amazed at how many people aren't really aware about this. So the outside of the store is whole foods. It's your vegetables, your proteins, your meats, your your dairy, your uh, uh, bakery, etc. The inside of the store is all processed food, whether it be frozen or packaged. And that's where, um, uh, all those processed foods are. And in most cases, I would say as a diabetic, we need to be extremely cautious when we're shopping down the aisles because the ingredients on them, mm-hmm. you're going to notice that they're either using salt or sugar or fat as the main things to help make it taste good. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately that sugar, is quite often what it's used because it's also preservative. So I'd really want to encourage you when you're shopping to learn how to read the label, understand that the carbohydrates minus your fiber is equaling to your net carbs. So when you look at a package, make sure you actually look at it because you'll be surprised when you actually look at the label and the ingredients are in the order of content, amount of content. And when you start to see glucose and all these oses, up high in the list it means caution beware
1: so so i want to add to that when i first started shopping and he educating me on how what works for him and what he uh what would be the best ways of uh, monitoring what he eats i did that i didn't know about the labels and how to read the labels in the back so i would just buy because it it sells it was selling well, or it was the most popular, like Nutella, or <laughs> oh my gosh. So I go and I start reading the labels and I read the ingredients and the carb. When I start doing the carb counting and I'm reading how much carbs one tablespoon or one teaspoon was, I could actually have my glass of wine instead, right? They could just, I now pick and choose where my carbs are coming from because I have the power of knowing what's in the label. And um, yeah, it changed my way of eating and my lifestyle and my health. And I just like I, I, I really encourage to to really kind of get to know what a label and how that what that means.
0: Excellent. No, that's really good. And thanks for that uh, input there. What do you guys think about what I said about the shopping around the store versus down the aisles in the store? And Bob, what would you say? is your thoughts around that whole experience and how do you pick your, your foods?
2: Well, it's the difference between, um, uh, quality food and processed food. So I think like the middle of the store is a, a series of processed foods and processed foods aren't necessarily bad. So as nope. an example, you can go to your freezer aisle and there's some great vegetables that have been flat flash frozen. Right. And they're just a great, you know, peas and, and beans and whatever. They might they're not as uh, tasty and as fresh as, of course, your uh, your uh, fresh vegetables, but they're still very very good for you. But when you start buying stuff in boxes, that's when you get that's when you start to you should be really careful about that sort of things. Um, one of the very interesting thing is like if you're if you're um, uh, like talking building on what Susan said, is it's kind of an amazing uh, process when you're buying stuff and you take it home, and you you start to prepare it but the things that you prepared with will add significantly amount of a significant amount of calories to it. Yes. Um, so as an example, the oil that you use, right. will significantly add calories to it. Um, whether you use soy sauce, low sodium, low sodium, soy sauce or high, high, regular soy sauce massively increases the sodium content. Mm-hmm. Whether you add butter, whether you, um, when you're building a sandwich, whether you add mayonnaise, uh, cheese, little things, right? Oh, that makes it taste a little bit better. But you know, a slice of cheese has over hundred calories to it, right? So, right. And, <laughs> so yeah. it's it's the it's often the little things that we never really think about it. We do it by habit rather than intentionally saying, "What should I put on this sandwich to a make it taste good, but b lower uh, lower uh, do do the things I needed to do for me." Mm -hmm. Well said,
0: well said, you know, I think um, the things you talk about with condiments with uh, uh, seasoning, there's so many ways, and that's an individual tasting, but I'd really encourage you to really spend some time and look into things that are low sugar, such as, you know, if you look at mustard, as an an example, zero, absolutely zero carbs, and it'll transform a sandwich, right, Um, versus when you look at a ketchup, I'm just saying, I like ketchup, but I have to count, because high sugar. It's a high glycemic uh, uh, thing. Not only is it but made it, but fruit, but honey mustard. Exactly. Always. Look at the labels. <laughs> mustard is
2: zero. Honey mustard has more. Right?
0: Agreed. Yeah. And a lot of the things, and Bob, you really mentioned it with your, your dishes, and Susan, you do this a lot, and we substitute cauliflower rice instead of Real rice. And if we're going to have real rice, mm-hmm. we go to the long grain rices and things like that. And maybe, Susan, you could look at just sharing a few um, substitution yep. things that will Absolutely. really transform some meals mm-hmm. that are traditional, like pastas, tortellini mm-hmm. examples, and things like that. Yeah. And how we help as a diabetic keep our sugars down without sacrificing taste mm,
1: i know well i would be honored to talk about this because this was a transformation in my life because coming from a european background pasta was the staple of our food every day sorry mom but it was delicious but that's what i was used to and that was what i was accustomed to so when i when I started um, educating myself about uh, the high simple carbs and how much they are in a small bowl, of pasta or tortellini or potatoes, oh my goodness. So I, I don't wonder I was struggling, but, um, but what, I, what I discovered was I could totally substitute these things and I wasn't even suffering from, I didn't even notice the difference in taste, but I did notice how I felt, I was bloated. I, um, you weren't bloated, you didn't feel heavy, the sugars didn't spike. It was just, it was so beneficial that it completely. Now, I do not, once in a while, I will have pasta, yeah. But when I do have it, I'm like, yeah, I don't feel good. So now, the other day, his favorite is the cannelloni. So, why I say cannelloni is because. They're stuffed with usually with within a pasta, right? So I remove the pasta and I put my whether it's ground turkey or pork or beef or whatever it is, but I mix it with a whole bunch of vegetables and mushrooms and uh, peppers and parsley and basil and so much nummy and flavor into the um, into the actual filling. That I and then I I I um slice out this zucchini. And I just kind of tuck the filling in and I roll it up and I put it on a bed of tomato sauce and I put mozzarella cheese and I bake it like a lasagna. And it, like you would not even notice the difference. It's so delicious. We had that last night and for lunch this morning, which is like num num. So
0: And non-diabetic guests oh, were over for dinner I and they actually went. We're talking about a, a friend of mine who is a major pasta lover and he literally said, I could live without the pasta. Yeah. This is so good,
1: and they had room for dessert. That was the amazing thing, <laughs> and the dessert wasn't even high in sugar. It was it. like, oh, anyways. So, so here's the thing. The other one is cauliflower rice, right? So it's a substitution for rice, and so in our soups we do eat a lot of soup, um, and I that's part of my meal prep, and I uh, I. Have a link attached in the descriptions below on how I do my soup prepping, but I use um, cauliflower rice. I put that in. You don't even notice. You think that it is a rice or a quinoa or a couscous or something. So that's a super great substitute. The other one is shirataki uh, noodles. So you can get them all in all different forms, and it, it's a it's a really good source of um, of. Um, of a new, it, it has good benefits to it. So I would highly encourage you to read up on those. Um, and the other one is spaghetti squash. So I just roast that and I scrape it and actually um, it tastes it has the, and it has the, the a texture of, of a pasta. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And the other one I love, sorry, I can go on and on is. Um, Mental block. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> totally forgot. It might come to me later. It's okay.
0: Don't worry, we'll be including all these types <laughs> of other things. You know, on uncommon diabetic.com under uncommon fuel and the things that are happening that way. But Bob, what do you find? You know, because you've been around me so much and you see the changes we've made in in, in our life and our in our eating patterns and routines. Have you noticed any changes in myself? And likewise from that, what have you implemented? and changed in your life to help you with your losing weight and your fitness. It you know, you're one of the fittest mid sixties guys, I know out mountaineering and hiking and all mm-hmm. that. stuff.
2: Um, you know what, what the, probably what I'd like to add to this is, uh, because this is a lot of work, what um, Susan's talking about, and, and you know how much work goes into this. Right. Mm-hmm. And most of our viewers, um, I would say uh, the challenge for them is finding the time Right. to do it right having the planning having the time to plan is really a difficult thing so I think one of the big challenges for diabetes is um, uh eating in versus eating out you know um, there's so many different options now you just order in you just off a menu somewhere so probably the one a huge skill is actually knowing your restaurants and knowing what you can eat when you order in because this is just part of this is just part of everyday life now is driving i'm starving my blood sugar's down i'm gonna stop at oh what is that store right there yeah. is there anything you can eat at wendy's hmm. is there anything you can eat at wendy's is there anything you can eat at tim hortons is there anything you can eat at mcdonald's is there anything you can eat a and this is probably <laughs> one of the huge huge changes um people have to think through right so they're they're there, I think there is For, a lot of people don't know when you go to a and w you, you don't have to order the bun. Nope. You can have a lettuce wrapped Agreed. You can have, you can actually have a burger lettuce wrapped very low in the carbs, uh, get your proteins, get you through right. Uh, a, a moment. And you can, you can order, you can order that in, in most restaurants now, fast food restaurants, but knowing what's on the menu and all these restaurants now have, uh, um, I don't know if it's by law, but they all have detailed analysis of yeah. how many carbs, how many calories, what's the fat content for this. And study, it's becoming knowledgeable in that would be so helpful to anybody that's trying to lose weight, trying to increase energy, trying to um, uh, get get a, a, be intentional in their diets. Because yes. I, be, I, I don't know what the stats are, but it's got to be 70, 80% of us eat out like X times per week, right?
0: Yep. No, our, our society is, is the hustle society. It's the society of on the go and in the drive-through. That is truthfully uh, where we have gone. Now, that's a great segue right to the last real topic we're going to talk about before we, we go to our one thing uh, discussion, but preparation. We started with that statement, right? Chance favors a prepared mind. Well, preparation, right? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail another one that we've always heard. Well, it works in everything, even our diet. You know, we all think, well, I don't have time to prepare, but it literally, if done right, you know, and this is what I'd like you, Susan and Bob, to both bring to both being cooks. And that is that if you actually take just five minutes, you got to slow down to speed up Mm -hmm. what you talked about, the ability to have food with you on the go, because mm-hmm. I'm on the go a lot. Mm-hmm. The ability to, as Bob just said, know what I can eat on the road and, and substitute. These are really key things in preparation. So how can I, we...
2: Oh, prep- I, get the, I get to go first on this one because Susan's Please. the ace. I will look like an idiot. Okay, I, you go listen, first. Listen, I we'll like it. <laughs> oh, okay, you just say, Bob. <laughs> like, listen, I only have this really simple system, right? It's a, it's a stick. It's a sticky thing. Right. Right. And I put it, I have it with a pen on my Island. That's right. That's the center of the food making thing. Right. And so when I wake up in the morning, I write down what I'm going to create today. Right. The the menus for today. And then I'll do a quick inventory of what most of it's in my head. I don't even have to look for it because I know it's in the fridge and in the cupboards. But I will do a double check if I don't have this spice or double check if I need proteins or whatever it is. And that becomes my shopping list for the day. And um, so it's just a quick, it's just a grocery list. And because my my, uh, stores are closed, they're on my hiking routes, right? They're on my biking routes. And so that becomes part of the activity during the day is I will do my hour on the bike. At the end of the thing, I stop at the store. I've got brought the list with me. That's how simple it is, Susan.
0: You know what, just before you jump in, I have a Bob is the net master. He is able to take any activity and turn it into a net gain by combining different activities in one in one experience. So well done, Bob, on how you prep. And then you combine your, your other pleasures with those tasks. Yeah, try to. Nice. Go ahead
1: well, then. I have... I have one funny, and it's it's, it's pretty, I'm proud of it. Um, I have a little bag of nuts and a little bit of dark chocolate, and I have it easy to go. So if I know I'm out and about, I put that in my purse, and I can actually have something in my car like that. So if I'm distracted, or I've got, I'm running behind, and I've I'm hungry and I need a snack. And my favorite is when my son wants to go get a Starbucks and a peppermint mocha from Starbucks. And here I am in the line and he's like, Mom, I'll buy you something. And I go, oh, I'm like, oh, that 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 cappuccino or that mocha latte would be so nummy right now. But I know what that would do. And I'd be like, you know what? I have my little bag of nuts here. So I'm (laughs)
2: like,
1: So I'm good. I'm happy. And I'm very I feel very empowered because I have a backup. I have something in the car handy. And um, I love I love doing that. But in there's other times where I actually need a meal. I love um, those little vegetable places. There's so many juice, you could go and get like a shake a smoothie, it just ties you over or a sushi without any rice. I ask actually them to put no rice on my rolls. And they do it. Like it's usually called a cone and no rice. They look at me funny, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and then, or just um, ask for a salad and dressing on the side so I can control what, how much dressing I put on it. And I always usually add some protein on it. And I, I, yeah, it's a little bit more, but if I'm, if it's a fast food, that's what I tend to do. And I never thought I would do that really, because I was so used to just kind of doing the, the quick, simple, uh, what I thought was fast But really, it isn't. It's just choice. That's all. I think
0: any menu now almost, I haven't been to a restaurant yet that doesn't actually have it. For example, with burgers, it's a prime example where they all, I have not been to a place that does not have. Absolutely, we already have it as a a standard with uh, wrapping the burger in lettuce and or Mm -hmm. whatever substitute you want. And it's really good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they that. always give you—they always give you the option, right? Or they don't give you the option. It says, "Fries are good with that," and then all you have to do is just order something else, and they'll just give you the something else. That's right. The salad with that,
0: hundred mm-hmm. percent.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. So That's- the dark
0: green, the dark green over white things. So I mean by white, I'm talking potato chips. I'm talking that versus choosing the salad. The difference that made in my sugar management as a diabetic, it—it's literally off off the chart. You know what I mean in that capacity. You want then, to charge uh, that burger and fries exactly? Let us wrap it and with a salad. And you make it's it's so good and
2: you feel but, amazing. But Susan's nailed. I think Susan's nailed it with having that backup plan. Yep. Like you in a restaurant, you know you're going to be you know you're going to be offered the fries or the fries are going to be there. So what's the backup plan? Like people choose the fries because they don't have a backup plan. They don't they don't think about what they could have instead. And I love that. I have my little bag of nuts most people don't have a little bag of nuts unless they've bought the little bag of nuts, put it in there and brought them with them, right? Like yeah. there's a bag of nuts in the car as an example. There's a bag of nuts, you know, there's an extra, there's waters in the car. There's bag of yep. nuts in the car. That's, that's the critical part. Like in my backpack, in my yep. backpack, I've got healthy uh, power, power bars, right? So just in case, rather than being famished, running down and now you hit the grocery store, you're famished at the end of your uh, two hour hike or whatever, and it's yeah. like, all right, bring it on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Chips, everything, I know. So
0: just to conclude our three topics today, one is the preparation and the planning, I mean. The second was the shopping, which we've really done and choices around this. And we've been talking about the meal preps and different ways to have backup plans all around it. Something I really wanna leave people with is, how do we actually prep The most efficiently for the meals at home, for our families, for our diabetics and people like that. And what I can honestly say that I've observed and the easiest thing that I can say that's filled our fridge is that whether it be a Sunday or what day you're having chicken or you're having steak and you cook off a whole basically week's worth of chicken Mm -hmm. and you're eating it. And now you've created you know these glass containers in the or Tupperware, whichever you choose, in the fridge of pre-cooked chicken and uh, uh, fish or snake or whatever Oily. it is. Yeah. But all those eggs yeah. within literally, how much time do you spend in prep in a week to stock our fridge for the week? Two hours. Right.
1: Two hours of prepping and cooking that saves mm-hmm. me so much time during the week. Yeah.
2: 100%.
0: So we're talking about our dinner meals, Bob. I don't know about you, but literally, I've seen Susan make the most amazing dinner in probably 15 minutes, 20 outside because of that one, two hour session, Mm -hmm. everything's there. Mm -hmm. And it's either just a rewarm or a, a a nuke, whichever is your preference to have an amazing hot meal.
2: And there's so many, uh, there's so many resources on the internet now that talk about that dinner in 20 minutes with five ingredients. Jamie Oliver's dinner in 20 minutes with five ingredients, no more than, and it's fantastic food, right? So, that's really where I get a lot of my inspirations is um, is just surfing the internet. So, what am I going to cook this week? And I get I get a couple of ideas, and then you're good to go. But I love that, and I'm not that I'm not that organized where I can cook for the whole week um, on a Sunday or something like that. But we do have, but I I get um, I cook enough each day to make sure that next the next day is almost all taken care of with lunches and 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 even a lot of times supper too, yeah. right? So I'm kind of a half a day ahead or a day ahead, uh, not a whole week by, by any stretch.
0: Good. And as you're seeing here, just with us, mm-hmm. there's no one way. There's no right way. Yeah. There's no wrong way. Just find a way for yourself to prepare so that you can actually have the the fuel that you need when you need it. And I'd have to say I have to do a little shout out. What is our fast cooker called?
1: Instapot In Instapot. Oh I can't my I God. lived without it for so many years.
0: <laughs> so we're talking about amazing it's a technology it's that like two minutes. That's right. So we could talk for hours and we're gonna be talking about, you know, Uncommon Fuel is a, is a core pillar of our programs. Mm-hmm. By the end of every program here in each session, we like to go out and talk with Bob, myself, and our guests, my beautiful wife, Susan, today about the one thing. And the topic on this is what are the one things, right, that we uh, – let me re- read this specifically. What's the one thing you would recommend for people? And we're going to do four things, the routines, planning, Shopping and meal prep. So let's go around the table here. What's the one thing in your daily routines that you would recommend people put in? Let's start with Bob first.
2: Um, just make sure you have a, a notepad around to make sure that you're you've got it written down. That's it. That's all. That's what I. <laughs> that's that's my planning meal planning and routines. Perfect. One Write thing.
0: it down.
1: Yeah, I would say make a list make a list of what you want to eat for the week. What's That's your- That's idea. What? I know, my idea. it works, it's mine too. <laughs> yeah. So it's make your grocery list. That's the one thing that I do. And I could just add to that is yeah, go and do some, um, get creative and do some research on the web, uh, Google yeah. or Google or uh, YouTube and find some awesome cooking ways.
0: Yeah. So my one thing would be on the routines when it comes to food specifically. Plan it. use, if you have to use an app like easier chef or many of them out there where you can actually get the recipes, all the nutrient stuff, the shopping list created for you. Technology is there as well. Check those out. Okay. What is the one thing with regards to, uh, you kind of answered it here. We are talking about routines there, but planning, you would we've already addressed, I guess, in that, in that aspect. Shopping. What's the one thing for shopping?
2: Um, Stay, well, we talked about this, stay to the outside of the aisles.
0: Yeah. Well done. The outer ring where the whole foods are. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: Mm. Knowledge yourself with what's on the label and what um, your ingredients are. Like just the knowledge around that. That's my one thing to, to do. Like I, I do that on such a regular basis.
0: And my one thing would be, be open to alternatives, i.e. cauliflower rice, Mm -hmm. a vegetable versus the white rice, which will high glycemic spike your sugar as a diabetic. And that alternatives of what you could use that will give you a lower glycemic uh, impact to your body. So what is the one thing on meal prep that you would do specifically to give yourself that Quick and easy solution when you need a healthy meal.
2: I don't have anything on that. Sorry.
0: You already said it, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> Make more than we need. You love leftovers. You do it every day.
1: Yeah, there you go.
2: Okay. okay.
1: Yeah, good. I would. I would totally vouch for that one. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I would do for meal prep is know what is a favorite.
0: So what we've got basically is that when we look at the whole um, aspect of meal prep, I think we're all in unison and agreement. Yeah. Cook more than you need so you've got leftovers. It's probably the easiest hack of all things that, uh, that we have. Well, I wanna really thank everybody for joining us here today. And I wanna actually invite you to join me for a 90 minute free workshop, the Uncommon Diabetic Workshop. And it's this Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, where we will go through the four pillars of health, Uncommon Fuel being a really important one of those that we've talked about today, but ultimately, we're going to get all the questions answered that you would have on how to transform your life from common to uncommon, and that you're able to use all the four pillars, the way we think about things, the way that we eat and fuel our body to how we move and ultimately how do we recover and how do we do all of that in a way that's going to transform our life. So you can register by clicking the link below or you can actually just go to uncommondiabetic.com and click on the free offers, Uncommon Diabetic Workshop. So I really want to thank you for attending today and joining us, Bob, Susan and myself, as we actually just explored together, you know, how to help your diabetic with uncommon fuel. Remember, Chance Favors prepared mine. Get out there. Make those healthy favorite foods. Put them in the fridge and have them available. So we look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, be uncommon.